Hello friends. So the episode that you are about to listen to was recorded um, at least a week um, up to a month prior to when it was published. So if you hear anything in relation to time or dates and you think to yourself that makes no sense, am I going crazy? I think the math does not add up and I think that they're talking about August and it is in September. You are not going crazy. I do get migraine shots every few months. So every few months, the plan will be to hopefully record um, multiple episodes prior to when I get those migraine shots because a little bit um, prior to when I get them, the previous ones were off and shortly after them, I do feel worse. I am very, very grateful that I am able to have them and that they do help overall. However, it does bring me down um, physically a little bit at first. And so in order to make sure that I can have consistent content and podcast episodes, I am trying to, like I said, record in advance. So if you are listening to this, know that um, this episode, like I said, was recorded in advance. And um, I really hope that this finds you well, that you enjoy this episode that you are about to listen to. I have some amazing guests lined up. So whatever episode that you're listening to, I'm sure it's going to be a good one. And I hope that I will be able to record and have episodes be published the same day or the same week at the end of September. And I hope you all have an amazing start to your fall and I will talk to you all later. So let's get into the episode. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Beautiful Legacy Podcast. I am your host, Abigail Gagnon, and today we have a special guest, my friend Gina. Um, She was a part of the ministry team for a little bit, which I believe is how we met um, in the ministry groups. She was a mod, an admin, and now she is very busy doing other things, so she is just a part of the group as a member. Um, So Gina, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, Sure. So I am a mom of two and a wife. Those are my top two priorities. But I'm also a business owner and church leader, which is a big reason why I had to, you know, take a step back from being a mod in the ministry because um, I am also a recovering people pleaser. (laughs) So I finally had to learn how to prioritize certain things. I completely understand that. I am very much the type of person that will feel guilty if I leave messages that need to be read, especially if they're ministry related or people are struggling, which is one reason why I started taking at least a weekend off a month and started splitting up the team more and doing all of that so that I could delegate and tell members, you know, hey, I'm not on, but you can see so-and-so person or let me plug you into a messenger support group. And at first I felt so guilty doing that. And then I realized I'm just one person and I also can't help them if I'm depleted 
And mm-hmm. I also can't invest in, you know, my relationship with God, my relationship with my husband or the people that are physically with me if I'm constantly just running myself ragged. So I completely get that. Yeah, for sure. So as far as your business goes, what made you decide to start a business? And can you tell us a little bit about what you guys do? Sure. So as far as starting a business, when I was in high school, you know, that's kind of when we all kind of attempt to pick what path we're supposed to go down, right? I always knew I wanted to own my own business, but I never knew what kind of business I wanted to own. And as adulthood happened, I ended up staying home with my boys whenever we started having kids. And I finished my degree in um, graphic design in 2021. And I just did not want to have to go back to work and have to pay for daycare prices for two kids. And so ultimately, I'm like, well, I'll just start working from home to at least try to make you know ends meet a little bit easier and take some strain off of my husband a little bit, that kind of stuff. And it's honestly kind of exploded into what it is today. And basically what we do is marketing, design, and like merchandise and fundraising for nonprofits and churches. That's super awesome. So as far as starting it, um, I know you said that it kind of slowly happened and then exploded, um, which I can totally relate with the ministry that kind of just happened overnight. But what was the process? Like if someone wanted to start a business, what are some like first steps that you would recommend people take? First things first is I would find like a business coach to be or like a group to be in. Um, especially like if you're like me, like I have my graphic design degree, so I can do that stuff in my sleep, right? I'm good at it, but I've never owned a business and I don't have a business degree. So it's really nice to have somebody that is in your back pocket, right? That does know those things. So find yourself and there's a ton out there that are like business, um, coaching, like groups that are cheaper. So you don't have to pay like thousands upon thousands of dollars for this stuff, right? But find somebody to help guide you into what you're wanting to do, right? Then you're going to have to pick a name for your business. So like my business is named Marilyn Jean Designs, which has nothing to do with my name, right? I get that a lot. But we named it after my grandmother who passed in 2020. And a big reason why I did that was A, we were very close. But B, the core values of my business are generosity and compassion. And that just reminded me of her. So you have to pick something for your name as far as your business goes to let people know what you do. So that's why like designs is in mine. Um, But something that also reflects who you are, if that makes sense. No, that is super awesome. So with doing that, I know you said that you found people. Was it with like a Facebook group Mm -hmm. that you got connected? That's super awesome. Do you know if there's like any apps out there where you can connect with other people like that. I know that they have like an app for a lot of things, but I was just curious. You know, I'm not 100% sure. LinkedIn would probably be another really good place to go searching for that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, it was really important to keep my faith at the very forefront of the business. And so I found a Christian business, um, like women's group. Mm -hmm. And then I pay for their monthly premium. So like, I'm totally cool with talking about my like business struggles in a group setting. And it's cheaper to do it that way. Versus if you want it like one on one, one on one business coaching is going to be expensive. 
Right? Yeah, no, that makes complete yeah. sense. Yeah, and so that's what I did. I'm like, I found somebody whose goals and like morals align with mine, and it just makes it a lot easier. And then, like for me, being a lady, I just it's just a lot easier for me to find the support surrounded by other ladies. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I can definitely relate. I mean, I have friends that are longtime friends that are um, guys, but I definitely feel like there's a difference when you find someone, whether it be fellow men, if you're a man that's listening or fellow mm-hmm. women, like just because we can relate in different ways, not to say that I can't relate to a guy, but there's obviously many differences with how we process things mm-hmm. and um, different things that they experience that we don't experience. And so I can completely understand that. Yeah. Like, it's just one of those things where, you know, I obviously have my two boys that are at home with me. Like I even have it in my design contracts that if you can't handle like no noise of children in the background of our meetings, then I'm not, I'm not for you. Okay. <laughs> like, but um, we're also going to be homeschooling. And so it's just really nice to be able to have other homeschooling moms who also run businesses to discuss, like, basically you need to find your tribe because you have to have somebody to bounce your ideas off of and you have to have somebody who gets it during the hard days. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's super awesome. That's mm-hmm. like with um, like the messenger support groups with the ministry, like we have those topic specific Um, Mm -hmm. We have other ones that aren't, but because I think that even though some people are like, oh, well, those could be super depressing depending on the topic. I think it's always important to have people that relate to you, whether it be in a positive or negative way that you can talk to about certain things, because there are times where we all go through stuff in life that we're like, am I the only one that is going through this or experiencing this? And so I think it is really important to find people no matter what you're doing that can relate to whatever um, step you are at in life. Uh, Absolutely. Um, But yeah, I mean, that, that would be my first step would be, you know, find your, find your people and then basically name your business. And then after that, you have to go into branding, which that's a whole other topic on itself. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So as far as branding and like making sure that your name was copyrighted and everything, Mm -hmm. what, was that process like is it different by state or is it like just nationwide I I have no idea (laughs) every state does have their own thing and to be completely honest I'm not 100% versed in that um because like I'm in Kansas City for those of you who don't know and so I am versed with like the Missouri side Mm -hmm. my suggestion for that would be like once you're ready to really make it a like professional entity would be to speak to a lawyer and a lot of them will do like either free consultations or like pretty cheap ones. I think mine is like 30 bucks. Um, And they will kind of like talk you through how the copyright thing goes. And then my suggestion, and this is what we are doing now, this is a long process, but it's free is to look like contact your local law schools and allow and get yourself on the list and allow the students to copyright your stuff for you. That's super awesome. Right. Now it's going to, like I said, it's a lengthy process because the list is long. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. But like doing it under the supervision of their teachers and then you and ultimately get it for free. So that would be something I would suggest also 
Um, so, but for like me, what my process was, because like I said, I never had a background in business. I didn't realize like what all went into starting one until I just decided to jump in and do it. Um, I honestly just kept Googling names, <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, like my last name is Stockdall, right? So I looked up like Stockdall designs and realized that there's a Stockdale designs that does interior design in Kansas City. And so I'm like, that's obviously not going to work because it's way too similar. Um, and those types of things. And I finally was like, well, what about like my grandma's name and kind of put it in and nothing popped up with it. And I'm like, okay, I think we got it, <laughs> you know? Um, and then since then we've been copywriting it. So once I found my name, that's when I contacted the state to get my LLC. And now that I have my LLC, no one else can use that name within the state of Missouri. That's awesome. Yeah. So as far as um, different things that you offer, what um, are different things that you do? And if someone wanted to do like a consultation with you, like what does that entail? Sure. So we do um, like social media management and marketing. And we currently do that for eight different like businesses and nonprofits. Um, But we also will do like marketing consultations with you. So like, let's say for... Um, I'm just going to use the ministry as an example. Let's say, Abigail, that you wanted to do more stuff with social media, but you just didn't know what what to do, right? What you would do is you would do a marketing consultation with myself and my marketing director, and we would do like a social media audit and let you know what steps you need to take to like ramp it up, right? Um, We also will help you learn how to create your own content calendar how to create your own graphics, videos, all, we will walk you through all of those things. So that way you can do it yourself. Cause we understand that a lot of church and nonprofit professionals don't necessarily have it, the means to just let like to hire us to do it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So we kind of offer it in all different ways. Like if you are just starting out, we will teach you how to do it. But if you are at the point where you're ready to delegate it out, we will gladly help do that too. Um, something we are actually going to be rolling out in 2024, a certification course for people that are like newer or in smaller organizations to learn how to do marketing for themselves until they get too big to where they can just hire us to do it. (laughs) Um, that's awesome. Yeah. And so we are going to kind of work on that and we're hoping right now to kind of roll it out next summer. And then aside from that though, let's say the ministry wanted um, like merchandise with like t-shirts with the logo on it or whatever. We actually will create those in-house. And then you can actually use those as fundraisers for your organization as well. Um, And we do everything from t-shirts to tumblers to coffee mugs to like anything that you can think of. We can do it pretty much. Um, and then last but not least, we do anything with graphic design. So if you need your branding done, if you need your website created or maintained, if you need me to make business cards, thank you cards, those types of things, whatever your organization may need to function, we will create a unique design for you and get it printed, um, here locally in Kansas city. We have partnered with another Christian business that does all of our printing. That's super neat. So what if someone was listening and wanted um, 
to use you for services. Mm-hmm. I know that you said some of it was um, free as far as like consultations and stuff, but yes. what is your general like price range for different things that you offer? Sure. So um, as far as like social media management, like if you want me to take over your Facebook and Instagram pages, that would be a, um, 175 starting point, starting at 175 a month per per profile mm-hmm. um as far as like design stuff it really does depend on what design you're getting but like um if you wanted let's say you wanted 50 business cards printed out on one side and you wanted like a unique design that would start at 35 dollars um and that's including printing and everything that's but that's not including shipping and handling if you're not local um and then as far as like t-shirts and things like that it does depend and design you're wanting but for like simple designs and things like that they typically will start at like 25 but if you're wanting to do like bulk orders we do discounts as well that's great and so I know that you said I think you said you have eight people that you are helping currently wow. that's super awesome are they all like churches or different organizations or um, does it vary so we it kind of varies so we have one church which is actually my church that so just kind of like my poor pastor was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like I do. <laughs> I got you. And so I do volunteer for that one because it's my home church. But um, as far as the others that are our actual clients, we have, let's see, let me think just off the top of my head. One, two, we have two that are actual like mom and pop small businesses. Then we have one author that we do. It's um, the book is called Sassy's new home, by the way, it's for like, if your child um, has lost a pet, it's kind of to help them go through that grieving process. That's really cool. Right. Um, she's a fellow designer here in Kansas City that wrote that. So I do her socials for her. Um, then we have three nonprofits. So we have one that's called Strong Tower Haiti, one that's called um, 1018 Strategy, and then another one's called, it's called the Freelance Exchange. Um, I'm trying to think everything off the top of my head. (laughs) I probably shouldn't do that, but, um, let's see, that's only six. So then we have, why am I missing two off the top of my head now? I honestly blame COVID (laughs) for my brain, not wanting to do what I'm supposed to do. Um, okay. So let me see. One, two, three, four, five. I'm sorry. We have three that are not like non- mom and pop shops then we have the author do 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 and then all of mine obviously oh that's awesome yeah um and then as far as like the team goes it's myself who like I'm the graphic designer and then we have a marketing director um her name is Alex and she has her master's in marketing nice yeah I like to think of us as like a little dynamic duo (laughs) that's great and how did you meet her so her mom and my mom actually work together oh well that's yeah. <laughs> right and her and I are roughly the same age and then our boys are roughly the same age so I've actually known her for years prior to starting this business and then I started to get overwhelmed and I'm like need help right and um that's why my mom had suggested she's like why don't you just call Alex and see if she wants to like work part-time for you I'm like oh well that would make sense wouldn't it <laughs> so that's where we're at um but yeah I mean she's great and it's really nice to have somebody else to bounce 
gotten some ideas off of like in-house. And um, basically our whole goal, I guess, is to help nonprofits and churches find their voice. So that way the community around them knows that they exist and what they do. And then ultimately that will help them grow. That's wonderful. And so is it just the two of you or do you have other people that help you out as well? So as of right now, it's just the two of us, but we also have a fall intern. Her name is Alyssa and she's going to be helping me with quite a few projects because I do um, a big graphic design like contract in the fall. And so I'm a little bit busier than normal from August to December. So I always bring in just one extra helping hand during that time period as of right now. Um, So she's going to be helping us with all of the stuff just while I'm busy. So she'll be seasonal. That's great. And as far as doing all of that while also being a wife and a mother, how, what are some of your tips for people for balancing all of that? Work-life balance is a humongous topic, especially within like the ministry realm, because I don't think any of us know how to do it. Um, Like, let's be honest, right? Like none of us want to say no. That's our, that's our problem. Right. Um, For me. So I'm a very type A personality and when I realized that, oh my gosh, we are going to homeschool two boys while like having to, like you had even mentioned earlier, like I still have to also pour into my marriage, right? And have to pour into my other relationships outside of the house, like my mother and my sister and everybody else. Like how God made me one person. What am I supposed to do here? So ultimately what I did was I wrote out what like the boys' schedule would be and kind of filled in the blanks in, and I kind of made a block schedule, right? Like um, just for example, like eight to 10 in the morning is when I clean the house. And then from like 10 to two is when we do school. And then from like two to five is when I work or like as an example, like having those dedicated times already built in, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And then I just make sure that when I was doing that, I purposely made blocks of like family time or even just resting periods. Cause I'm like, even Jesus had to go by himself for a minute every once in a while. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you have to purposely put in your, your resting and relaxation times. Otherwise, if you're like me, I would never actually take them. Yeah. I completely understand that. I think for me, I don't necessarily block specific times, Mm -hmm. but um, I feel like if I had kids, I probably would do that more. But I definitely use my planner for basically everything. And I try and split up with me with having chronic health stuff. Mm -hmm. I definitely split up my cleaning or whatever things throughout the week because I found that when I stopped working outside the home, I'd have like big cleaning days and then I would feel absolutely terrible for two or three days after. So I was like, well, what is the point of this? Right. I split it up and I split up ministry stuff. And like I said, I delegated more and I typically have Wednesdays and Fridays where I don't do as much. And sometimes I'll do Mondays, not as much either when I make up my plan for the week. And so that way I have days where I'm resting more 
But typically those days, even if I'm not doing as much physically, I'll have more things like writing up stuff for podcast episodes or Mm -hmm. making lists of people that I'm going to do episodes with or writing down ministry stuff or whatever it may be so that I'm still doing productive things, but I'm allowing my body to rest. And I think that that's super important. I also think, um, I don't know if you have an iPhone or what kind of phone you have, but for listeners, if you have an iPhone, one of the things that I have found that really helps is the focus feature. Like I have it set so that it's on personal during the day and it will Mm -hmm. give me most of the notifications. And then when my husband, around the time my husband normally comes home, his schedule changes. But in general, he's home at the earliest 4.30. So I set it so that at 4.30, I stop getting notifications unless they're certain phone calls or Facebook Messenger, Mm -hmm. I think. And so that way, my phone isn't blowing up. I also have my watch set so that it doesn't give me notifications after 4.30. And on the weekend, it gives me less notifications. And so that way, yes, do I, am I still on my phone sometimes? And yes, can I go in the app and click on it? But it's not giving me alerts because I think that for me personally, if my phone's like dinging or even if it's on silent and I can see the notifications, I feel like I have to check them because what if someone needs me? What if it's important? And so that has really helped me to focus and be able to spend more time in the moment and not feel like, oh my goodness, I am ignoring people because I'm not even getting the notifications right away. So right. That's one thing that has really helped me personally. I'm going to have to look into that because my notifications blow up like all day, every day. And, but yeah, like you know, my husband and I, every Friday we will sit and watch like either a movie or like a TV series or whatever together. And we purposely both put our phones like in the kitchen, you know, and just, you have to really focus on being in the moment for sure. And I think another word that you use that really stuck out to me is like the delegation. Like whenever you start a business, you're obviously not going to automatically be in the position to hire people, right? And so like, who are you going to delegate it to? And that's where the word collaboration is going to come in. Find other business owners that you can collaborate or trade with to help you. I promise you there's a, all of us are out there, right? And so the more... And that kind of goes back to my whole point of like finding your tribe. So I think it's just really important for you to like really focus on like, what do I need to actually get done today? What has to get done today? If that makes sense. And then if it doesn't have to get done today, it's okay. Yes, I completely agree. Especially when it comes to house stuff. Mm -hmm. I, it's definitely helped me because I know like, even if it's not done today, besides dishes are done every day, besides generally, I don't do them on Sundays, because that's my like complete no clean day. But um, as far as the other stuff, if the floor is a little dirty, if I notice some dust or whatever, I'm like, it's on my schedule. And it's not going to get done today. But it's going to be done by the end of the week, and the house will be clean. And so it allows me to start the weekend with knowing that the whole house has been clean generally, unless I have a lot of rough days. But mm-hmm. um, I think that prioritizing things is really important and realizing that, especially when it comes to like dishes and stuff, they're not going to get, you know, grow legs and walk away. Like they will still right. be there tomorrow. And 
it's going to be okay. Especially I think for me too, like where we're at, we live on the water and we have, um, our in-laws boat and jet ski in the water. So sometimes my siblings in law and stuff will come and use it. And sometimes it will be hard for me because it's like, Oh, well, if I don't feel good and they're going to walk in the house to, you know, to use the bathroom and notice that it's a mess. And it's like, who cares? Mm -hmm. One, their family and two, it, it doesn't ultimately matter. Like it's not a life or death situation. And I think that that's, one thing that I've had to learn with prioritizing time and also delegation too, that it's not going to be the end of the world. If one, it doesn't get done or two, if I personally don't do it. And I think learning to play to other people's strengths when you have a team is really good because there are so many people that have so many different gifts and talents, and it may not be your strength, but it may be someone else's. And just because the spotlight isn't on you doesn't mean that your ministry or whatever is not being used. Like that's partly why I want to try to do episodes once a week or at least every other week with other people, Mm -hmm. because there are so many things and topics that either I just want to be able to bounce ideas off of someone while talking or also that I may not know a lot about. And one, I love learning things and it's fun Mm -hmm. to have different conversations, but also there could be different things that could help listeners um, with different topics that I may not be able to share much about. Like I could talk about it for like five minutes, but that's not very (laughs) helpful Yes, Um, Yes. with other people. Like we had someone recently that I did an episode with um, that got out of a domestic violence relationship. Mm -hmm. And I have been in abusive relationships, but not to that degree or I wasn't, in a marriage with someone. And so I can't relate the same way that she could. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think when it comes to like podcasts and like those, like we're trying to start a YouTube channel, right. To have that searchable content. And I'll pretty much be the only one that's like speaking on it for the most part. And I'm just over here. Like, can't we have like guests because I just do better with (laughs) another person to talk to the whole time. Um, So I kind of, you know, can relate to that part of like how you want like different people on your podcasts. And, you know, that's kind of another thing too, is like when you're starting a business or even a ministry to help get your uh, name out there and like your mission out there more would be to kind of collaborate in that way, like to share audiences. Yes. You know, and uh, that's one thing that we've been kind of discussing for 2024 after my busy season here in the fall is like kind of doing you know, I don't know what we want to call it, like a package, I guess, but I don't want people to pay for it. Like if somebody offers a different service than we do, that would benefit my clientele, then why don't we audience share, mm-hmm. you know? And the one thing that we've kind of been looking into too, is by being able to do like a YouTube live or an Instagram live, or, you know, we can do a Facebook live within our Facebook community that we have. Um, but then you could also, if you have a website blog, you guys can blog share, right? Um, the more links that you have within your website, the better you're going to do on your SEO. Um, that's another thing that we go over if anybody needs help with it. But um, you can blog share because then for me, that'll be one less thing I have to do that month. I don't have to write the blog because my guest did, right? 
Yeah. So think, think it's one of those things where it's like work harder, like work smarter, not harder. Right. Um, so I totally understand. I think that that's something that churches and ministries and nonprofits kind of need to think about more. They, 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 I don't think they think about collaborating in the same way that us business people do. Mm-hmm. And something that I've been trying to really educate people on is that even if you're a church, you're still a business, you still have to generate revenue. And I know we don't like to think about it that way, but it's true. You still have to use marketing. You still have to get people in there. You still have to generate revenue because without revenue, you will not be able to keep up those special programs and things that God has you out in the world doing. No, exactly. Or to keep the lights on in the building and different things like that. And I think that that's one thing, like you said, that a lot of people don't think about or they frown upon like, oh, they have this big building and like, how much does this cost? And they might not be, you know, putting money out into the field. And it's like, you can't just judge because they have a nice building Mm -hmm. or they have lots of programs like that. That doesn't tell you anything like you're not in their books. And I don't know. It's just it doesn't make sense to me because like you said, it's still a church, but at the same time you have to use marketing tools as well. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's one thing is like, um, like with nonprofits, because that's what I typically work with right now. And my thing is like a lot, a lot of nonprofit leaders truly believe that marketing is not like essential. And so I'm over here like, okay, well, we have to think about how we're going to get, how are you going to get the younger donors? Right. Like, how are you going to get like those people that are like between 18 to 25 to start actually supporting you? Because by getting them younger like that is what's going to actually increase the likelihood of your nonprofit not going under. Okay. Exactly. And the only way that you're going to really do that is like, you know, I'm going to use the forbidden word in a lot of things, but you're going to have to use TikTok, guys. TikTok is a huge thing if you want a younger generation. You know, um, TikTok has officially surpassed Google as a, as a search engine. So people from, I think it's like 18 to 30, will now go to TikTok and search something before they'll go to Google. That's, it, it makes sense. There's a lot of stuff on TikTok. Plus for me, I don't typically use it necessarily as a search engine, but I can see why people would do that because Mm -hmm. videos, not that reading doesn't help, but I think that if I see a short video about something that's educational or that I didn't know, I'm probably going to remember that more than just something I read on Google. Oh yeah. And then you can save it and stuff Mm -hmm. too, right? And so that's my thing is I feel like if you are not on like TikTok as a business or even a church or anything like that, you're kind of doing yourself a disservice because then that younger generation is really not going to find you. Right. Um, so that's kind of something else that we go over a lot in like my Facebook community for the group is like why video is so important and how you don't have to be perfect. Just be yourself um, when posting videos <laughs> But it's important because like you said, it's like how it's not that we don't want to read or that we can't read, but it's just so much easier to sit there and listen or to watch a video. Yes. And also to like, um, I think 
as well, like with typed out stuff when it comes to like marketing or on like Facebook posts or whatever, like mm-hmm. you don't necessarily know the person's tone behind it. Sometimes obviously you can tell depending on how it's typed, but right. I feel like with a video, even if it's a short video, like a reel or a TikTok, it's a way for people to get to know you mm-hmm. and to get to know your voice and put even though Facebook and stuff has like a profile picture, I think that it kind of puts, you know, a face to the name in a different way that just typing out a Facebook status doesn't. And especially with like ministry wise, like we don't have a profile picture with the entire team because we're all over the world. So if we have lives from different people on the head leadership team or whatever, people can get to know us in different ways And um, like I mentioned earlier, with different people having different strengths, I think that that's also important because other people can relate to different people Mm -hmm. and they don't, if they need points of contact, like somebody may be able to relate to something that Nikita says in a live for Thursday more than they related to something I shared in just a random live and that's okay. And then they have that person they can go, oh. I really relate to her. I want to reach out and I want to make that connection. And I think that that's really important when it comes to, like I said, having a team and making sure that you don't think that it all has to be you. Oh, absolutely. And then, you know, that's a huge thing, whether you're like me, where you have a family that you have to take care of, or if you're just, you know, like a bachelor, it doesn't matter. You have to find your people whether that's employees or people you collaborate with or just people that you meet with once a week to complain about being a business owner because it's hard, right? I mean, you have to be able to recognize that it's going to take more than just you. Yes. Yes. Because you can't be some, like everything. Right. Everybody. And you know, that's actually a big thing that we've been speaking with like our clients about because it goes back to like us ministry leaders. We don't know how to do that. We don't know how to delegate things out. We just go to do it. Right. And that's the same thing with like nonprofit executive directors or even pastors, you know, they have to learn like the social media stuff. Like for me, like I'll do it for you. I got you. You go do more important stuff. Right. And so that's the big reason why, like, we either A, teach you how to do it yourselves or, like, we'll do it for you. Because um, the way that we try to teach you how to do it is in a way that's effective, but it doesn't sit there and make you sit at your computer for hours on end. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what everybody wants to do. Like, how do you just quickly get it out there and make sure that it's still attracting people, but it's only going to take you a couple hours a month versus you know, having to sit there every day and try to figure out what to post. No, that's, that's really awesome. Mm -hmm. So as far as um, with the balance aspect and everything, what are some things that you do personally to invest in yourself um, so that you can pour into other people, whether it be people in your life, um, physically being a mom with the ministry, all of that. So this is just me as a person, but, um, so I get up, I get up very early and it's going to probably be shocking to some people, but I get up at four in the morning. I'm not saying that you have to do that to be successful. This is just what works for me. Um, and the reason why we do that is we're all very early risers in this house because my husband has to be at work at seven. So he leaves quite early. Um, but I wake up at four in the morning and 
I do my Bible study and devotions first, and then I do a workout by myself. Like this is just my me time. And I'm able to get those things out of the way prior to my husband and my children getting getting up for the day. Because by the time that they finally wake up, I'm like, I am up and energized because I'm like, I've had my Bible. I've had my prayer. I've had my workout. Like I'm ready to go now. Right. So I think it's really important for everybody to figure out what what does that for them. Is it getting up early so you can have coffee or is it staying up late, you know, and reading a book? I think everybody needs to find what their like reset kind of is. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. No, because like for me, having that alone time with God and then working out and moving my body before even having somebody rely on me is what reset I need every morning. That sounds definitely, I would not want to get up that early. (laughs) I used to for work and I did it and it was fine. And I did like when I would look at the time and I'd be like, I've accomplished so much and it's only 830 in the morning. Yeah. But at the same time, I can't imagine doing that now on purpose. (laughs) But if I were, if I were a mother and I didn't have like a baby baby, I can see how that waking up before they were generally awake. I think I can see how that would be super beneficial versus staying up after they go to bed because after doing the whole entire day, I feel like I'd be tired. Yeah. I just want to go to bed. (laughs) I pretty much just talked out at the end of the day. Like that was kind of my thing. I used to never be a morning person. If you would have told me prior to getting married and having children that I would by choice be getting up that early, I would have laughed so hard at you. (laughs) Like, this is not what I would have ever pictured, but it's just what works for us, you know? Um, And then I think, you know, if you're married, you need to figure out just kind of something that works with you and your spouse, you know, like by doing that this way, you know, he'll get the kids up because they're all upstairs by this point and I'm downstairs. He'll get the kids up and bring them downstairs and I've already gotten breakfast started, right? Take care of all the morning stuff with the kids, all of the lunch stuff with the kids, but then he does bath time and bedtime. And then that's, those are my office hours. And so you have to kind of figure out, you just have to figure out your own groove and it might take a while, but you will get there. Exactly. Exactly. I think for those of us without kids that are married, I think that, well, for me personally, he works early in the morning Mm -hmm. and then he gets home like around dinner time. And so it works well for me. I normally end up waking up with his alarms, but I don't get up and then I will get up a little bit later and do my stuff and I'm able to get normally everything that I wanted to get done that day or needed to get that done that day before he comes home. And sometimes depending on when he gets home, I'll have dinner ready. Mm-hmm. And that gives us the evening to either go outside and, you know, paddle around the lake or have a fire or watch something or play a game or just talk. And so that allows us to still have time. And then he normally stays up later than I do because with my chronic health stuff, if I don't get enough sleep, then I feel way worse. So, but that also then gives him time to have his own me time and watch a movie that I might not want to watch or play games on his phone or play some Wii games or something that are like more video game type stuff that I don't typically enjoy and so I think, like you said, it it all depends on what works for you and the people mm-hmm. in your home. Absolutely. You know, um, I'm very blessed to have a husband that is very pro making the business work and all those types of things. And so he's very, as supportive as possible. 
Um, but yeah, like you just have to figure out what your family's groove is. And you have to also realize that as your family grows, your seasons will shift a little. Um, so like right now, like I, with the kids being as small as they are, like this is just a very busy season of life for us, but someday it won't be. Exactly. And you just have to kind of recognize where you are too, as far as that kind of stuff goes. And it's just one of those things where for me, it's, it's a daily reminder to like, let go and let God like, okay, God, I did about three fourths of my laundry list of things to do. Right. But I'm so tired that I can barely keep my eyes open. I think I'm going to give the rest of this to you and just go to sleep. And some of that is okay. You know, and like my husband, like if I don't get the dishes done one day, it's not, it's not going to, it's just not going to matter. You know, he'll just do them in the morning or whatever. But I think if you're going to own a business or a ministry or even start like your own nonprofit, you just have to kind of figure out like, what do you, what do I want life to look like for me? And then build your business and ministry around that versus the other way around. Yes, I completely agree. And like, that's one thing that I loved about homeschooling growing up. Um, I was homeschooled my whole entire school. Mm. Um, And I really liked the fact that I was able to do my life, um, my school around my life instead of doing my life around my school. And like, we were able to have sometimes people over Uh, during a weekday that, you know, either somebody that went to school that was on school vacation or whatever, and we could have like just a fun day and then move our school around. And especially when I was in high school, I was more in charge of like what I had to do each day. Like we would figure out at the beginning of the year, like these are the books that you need to finish. This is how much you need to do per week in order to be done in time like for the summer, but I got to figure out what I wanted to do. Like how much did I want to, you know, start my week and just do all my math for the week and then do all my science or whatever. But it really worked well, especially when I got older and had my license and had a job, like I was able to do all my schoolwork within like three days, four days. And then I had the rest of the week to just do whatever I wanted to do. And I definitely am really grateful for that fact Mm -hmm. that I was able to do that especially with siblings because we would get our stuff done around lunchtime and we grew up on nine acres of land so we spent the rest of the day outside in the woods and it it was a lot of fun and I definitely Mm -hmm. if we are blessed with kids I want to homeschool and my husband was homeschooled in high school and it's also said that that would be what he would want to do So, and plus with like nowadays, there's so many things, like even if you don't want to sit and have like a classroom setting, like there's so many things like online and different ways that you can do it, that your kids can still be home and you can still do the school around your life, but also Mm -hmm. not be necessarily sitting there teaching them the entire time. Not to say that you want your whole, like your child from a computer, but I'm just saying that like you could do that, set them up with whatever subject they're doing and then go and do other stuff you have to do. So there's so many different ways to do it, which I think is super awesome. It is really neat because like with my oldest, he's five and he'll be six in a couple of months, but like, you know, he's going to be going to a co-op at a church twice a week. So Mm -hmm. he'll get like 
that kind of like classroom setting, but just twice a week versus five, you know? And then our local zoo actually has like homeschooling enrichment classes. And so I signed him up for those. So every other week he'll go to the zoo to have this two hour long class that they take him and do stuff with. And I'm just like, how, where was this when I was in kindergarten? <laughs> and like I had to go to a class for eight hours a day, five days a week. I feel ripped off. I know. And then come home and do homework. Yeah. So there was a couple of times where I ended up having to do school late because of whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And whenever that happened, I was like, this would suck to have to do this every day, have to do school after dinner until I went to bed. Like who wants to do this? And there's also, like you said, like co-ops and stuff, like people are always like, oh, well, if you're homeschooling your kids or if you were homeschooled, how did you socialize? It always just made me laugh because especially when I'd be out and about, like I would do different volunteer stuff, like volunteer Mm -hmm. at a hospital. And they're like, oh, do you ever get out of the house? I'm like, dude, I'm out of the house house right now more than a minute (laughs) so clearly I do yeah we would we would do a couple co-op classes my brothers did more of that than I did but we also would do stuff like at our home like we had a retired English teacher come and teach English we had um, different bowling leagues that we did or different friends in general that just were doing the same curriculum yeah, we just get together during the week, study and like bounce ideas off each other or like read each other test stuff. And then we have time to just play and hang out. It was it was really nice. I'm really glad that I was able to do that. Or like one of my um, friends, her dad um, went to college. I don't know if his degree was like what his degree was, but he loved chemistry And so he taught us chemistry and did like the different experiments with us. And because he loved it so much, even though I did not enjoy chemistry, like Mm -hmm. he made it fun. And I know that obviously there are teachers that like are in a traditional school that can make school fun. But I think Mm -hmm. it was nice to be able to have the option to figure out like who would be a good fit and who like enjoys things to help teach. Like my dad loved English Mm -hmm. and math. And so he made that fun. Right. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about it. And I know that he's really excited about it too, because his best friend's going to be in the same co-op class as him. And so that'll be really good, I think. Um, it's really awesome. Yeah. And so, you know, it's just one of those things where I hope other women know that like, it's really hard for me to run a business and be a good wife and try to be an attentive mom. But part of me is also like, God didn't place me here for no reason. You know, like there's, there's some reason why I'm here. Not sure exactly what it is, but, you know, God put us, puts us in hard situations sometimes on purpose. And so we have to try to, you know, remember to kind of like rest in that. Like this is not forever. This is only temporary. Just breathe. It's going to be fine. Tomorrow's a new day. Kind of situation. Yeah, exactly. And even those that are listening that aren't fellow um, Christians, I think that I hope that you know that if your heart is beating, you have a purpose. Mm -hmm. And that even if your purpose is not in ministry or in church or whatever, because that's not what you believe in, you have a purpose and you can still find it even if you don't know what it is. Some people find their purpose a lot later in life. And some people have multiple purposes throughout their life. Like 
for a time, my purpose was camp ministry. Then Mm -hmm. it shifted to online ministry. Like your, your purpose is going to shift throughout Mm -hmm. your life and throughout the seasons. And just because one season ends doesn't mean that your purpose has. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're right though. It all depends on like where you're at in life too, you know, for myself, you know, I was a stay at home mom that ended up opening the business to try to make some ends meet. But now I kind of honestly, I look at my business more as my ministry because of like who we help. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And then I'm like, oh, so that's why God pointed me to do that. And it took several uh, pivots within the business for us to get here. My original business plan was not to necessarily work with nonprofits and churches, to, was to work with this small businesses. But the uh, the Holy Spirit has a, a way of telling you what to do. <laughs> and here we are. But um, I agree that there are just times you have to wake up one day and be like, okay, this chapter has ended. Let's start a new one. Yes, absolutely. Is there any last tips or anything else about your business or life or anything oh. that we covered that you would like to mention? Um, I don't know. I think if you t- have the biggest takeaway, what I would hope for you to be the biggest takeaway from our conversation would be A, make time for yourself. B, make time for your loved ones specifically. And C, please do not be afraid to like ask for help or to delegate things out because you have to remember that you are only one person. You're only meant to do so much. Yes, absolutely. I completely agree with all of that. Um, So as far as um, social media, where can people find you personally? And also where can people find your business? Sure. So my name is Gina Stockdall. It's G-I-N-A. Last name is S-T-O-C-K-D-A-L-L. And that's what you can just search for as, on my personal stuff. I'm the only one out there as far as I know. It's like anytime I search it. Um, and then as far as my business, it's called Marilyn Jean Designs. Marilyn is M-A-R-I-L-Y-N. Jean is J E A. N-N-E, and then the word designs. Um, our handle is the same on pretty much all social media, and it's just all one word, Marilyn Jean Designs. Um, and we would love to have you. We do have a Facebook community called Being the Change. It's a nonprofit church um, resource, like marketing resource group. that's um, free to be in it, so please come on over and see what, what we got for you. We're going to be doing some um, challenges this upcoming fall that are free. Um, other than that, we also have a website, which is marylandjeansdesigns.com if you want to go check that out. Awesome. And because of the name of the podcast being Beautiful Legacy, mm-hmm. I like to ask everyone that is a guest, what kind of legacy do you want to leave um, and why? And if you have a different answer for personal and business, you can share both if you'd like. I think when it comes to both the type of legacy I would want to leave behind would be like, oh, that's a really good question. Something about like being compassionate toward your neighbors. Mm-hmm. So like my business, we donate 20% of our proceeds to the local domestic violence shelters. Um, and we do that because I'm also a survivor. And I think in today's day and age, we kind of have lost the sense of community that we used to have. 
And so if my business and myself as a person can help kind of restore that, I'd die a happy person. That's awesome. I love that. And you mentioned that one of the ways that you're making it happen is doing the donation. But what else are you doing, do you think, to make that happen? Well, we do purposely get my kids involved in the donation process. So we don't just donate the money. We actually go and buy the needed items and then go and donate it. Mm-hmm. And so we involve my children in that. They go and help me get the items and donate them and drop them off. And so I'm hoping by showing them how to do it, that it's kind of like the ripple effect, you know. Um, and then we have actually gotten some other businesses kind of in wanting to get involved in that same program and kind of creating more of a like local business program helping them out. So we're kind of hoping that it will like ripple out into the community and kind of keep going. That's super awesome. I love it. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today and be on the episode. Um, And for those that are listening, know as always that you are loved, you are priceless, and you are worth it. And I will talk to you all later. (laughs) 